This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Thursday. So first thing I want to address is... Apparently last night our, our friend that was in the chat... Apparently he's a bit of a Nazi. And he went to my Discord. And he posted 88... 88, exactly. Strobing gifts. That's what it seemed like. 80, 88 gifts in the Discord. I had to ban him. I don't like banning people. If you don't understand why the number 88 is significant, it is HH in the library, i.e. how Hitler. That's why they use 88 one of the Nazi symbology bullshit things that they use to communicate with each other. Now here's the thing is I don't actually believe the kid is a literal fucking Nazi. He's probably just a troll. He's trying to get a rise out of people. Yes, the, the 14, referring to the 14 words. But he's trying to get a rise out of people and... What I don't understand is how is that functionally different than being a Nazi if you're using Nazi language, if you're doing Nazi shit. I don't don't think he's actually a member of the Nationalist Socialist Party. Maybe he is. Maybe he wants to commit genocide. I don't know. If I had to guess, he's just a shit poster. But functionally, what is the difference If you're coming into my Discord using strobing GIFs, I don't want to say what the GIFs said. It was like, have a seizure, words that might get me banned from Twitch. What Functionally, what's the difference? And what are you... You called in, you played songs, dropped in bombs. You You didn't trigger anybody. We didn't care. You went in my Discord, you took the time to post 88 different times. Just for me to, one button, ban, and you were gone. Everything you posted, gone. All that time you wasted, gone. What the fuck is wrong with you? What are you doing with your life? A Nazi attempted to troll the Troll Patrol. Like, I... If you wanted to troll me, if you wanted to try to own me, the thing you do is to call in, discord in, know what you're talking about, and make me look stupid. Because, I mean, I, I promise if you try to come lobbing insults, I'm better at it than you are. If you come trying to play stupid games, I'm better at it than you are. Ask Poop Boy. <laughs> Anyway, we got a great show for you tonight. Parkland students, they were trolls. They pulled a hilarious prank on the former president of the NRA. I cannot wait to watch that video. By the way, big news tonight. Trump has made a decision on 2024. And uh, prosecutors have made a decision to charge his former CFO. Or actual CFO. Not, it's not former CFO. Oh, an Exxon lobbyist was caught red-handed. We have the video of that. Adam Kinzinger was asked about uh, 
Representative McCarthy, the minority leader's opinion on the January 6th commission, I believe it was. And uh, Kinzinger said, who gives a shit about the minority leader that tells you what kind of power Kevin McCarthy has within the Republican Party? Plus, I believe Warlord brought up the ring doorbell. I think he's referencing the shooting in Hawaii. We're going to go into that. Prosecutors have decided not to charge the cop. I haven't watched the video of the ring doorbell yet, but apparently... Apparently, we're going to read the police report, and it's going to say a whole bunch of shit, and then we're going to watch the video of the ring doorbell... And it's going to show that the cops lied. But hey, what's new? Oh, 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 Megan McCain has decided she's going to leave The View. We're going to watch her farewell statement. Jeff Bezos, I guess he took a little too much flack for his uh, space mission. All of us wanted him to, you know, go up there and not come back. Now he's taking somebody with him, so, you know, we'll be a little bit more generous and want them to come back, I assume. But starting off tonight, the DOJ just announced, within the last hour, I do believe, Attorney General Merrick Garland orders pause of federal executions. 13 people on federal death row were executed between July 2020 and January 2021 after then-Attorney General William Barr This is a horribly written headline here, I think. Or maybe I'm fucking it up, maybe. I'm not high enough for this shit, who knows. After then-Attorney General William Barr federal prison officials to carry them out. I think that's a typo on their part. Attorney General Merrick Garland ordered a temporary stop Thursday to scheduling further federal executions. Well, huh? What? What? To scheduling further federal executions. Do we have any schedule? Do we have any scheduled already? Are we putting a pause to those? In a memo to senior officials, he said serious concerns have arisen about the arbitrariness of capital punishment, its desperate impact on people of color and the troubling number of exonerations in death penalty cases. Court fights over the traditional three-drug memo for carrying out lethal injections, and a shortage of one of those drugs brought federal executions to a halt for nearly two decades. But in 2019, then-Attorney General William Barr directed federal prison officials to begin carrying out lethal injections using a single drug, a powerful sedative. Using that method, 13 people on federal death row were executed between July 2020 and January 2021. Garland ordered a review of the revised lethal injection protocol and directed the Bureau of Prisons to stop using that method while that is underway. He also said the department would study a Trump administration regulation that allowed federal prisons to carry out executions in any manner authorized by the state where the death sentence is imposed. I.e., if they were in, say, Arizona or South Carolina, they'd be able to use the firing squad. Garland's memo did not address whether the federal government would continue to seek the death penalty in criminal cases. It therefore does not change the Justice Department's position before the U.S. Supreme Court, where the government is defending the death sentence for, uh, fuck it, I forgot how to, uh, Sardev. 
the uh, Boston Marathon bomber. The convicted Boston Marathon bomber. I just said that. So, huh? <laughs> probably not going far enough. Now we turn to Dr. Fauci, yes. who, was, who was asked about uh, 4th of July festivities coming up this weekend. And hospitalizations have fallen 90% since January 20th. The American people should be proud of the work that we've collectively done. The Fauci-nator. Progress in that work on July 4th. People who are vaccinated have a high degree of protection, and those who are not vaccinated are at risk but we are indeed seeing more and more breakthrough cases to wear a mask and as the doctors have said get vaccinated as soon as possible at the same time as we just talked about there's a lot more work to do Mm -hmm. double down on our efforts to keep pushing more and more people to get vaccinated by making it as dr fauci said easy lots of places to get vaccinated it's free it's convenient by the way, I think it's through July 4th that Uber is doing the free rides to get vaccinated. So if you haven't been vaccinated, you need a ride. Uber, Lyft, both doing free rides up until the 4th. So go ahead and get that done if you can. Pretty much every place is walk-in at this point in time. You do not have to make an appointment, but do call ahead of time and make sure that you can walk in. We're going to keep doing that, but right now it's an appropriate time to step back and celebrate the progress we've made. At the same time, we I don't think on. we need to be celebrating just yet. Uh, Dr. Fauci. Don't spike the football at the five-yard line. Well, I mean, nothing has really changed in, in our policy. You're dealing with the uh, a, a very important national holiday. holiday. The country as a whole, holiday. and we have mentioned several times, has done very well. You can still celebrate at the same time as you get your message very, very clear. And the message for the situation in Washington is the same. And you said it very well. That is, if you are vaccinated, you have a high degree of protection. If you are not, you should wear a mask and you should think very seriously about getting vaccinated. So Now he's the expert. And I hate to be like, no, nah, Dr. Fauci, but like, I think you should still wear a mask. I really do, especially given the stories that we're getting ready to talk about. In so many respects, nothing is really change we are celebrating as a country at the same time as we recognize the fact that we're in a serious situation for those who have not been vaccinated and the message is get vaccinated and that's the other piece of uh news that he made today was saying don't boost the j and j vaccine with the other vaccines just yet here we go so the bad news. Daily cases are 10% higher in the U.S. this week. This also says the J&J vaccine may protect against the Delta variant. I mean, anything's better than nothing. New cases of COVID-19 are on the rise compared to last week as the Delta variant spreads throughout the U.S., health officials said Thursday. So if we're noticing it this week... In three weeks, that's when we're really going to understand what the spike is like and where we're headed. The weekly average of new daily cases was 10% higher, even though cases were down 95% from the nation's peak in January. 
The Delta variant, which is thought to be more contagious, is the second most prevalent variant circulating in the U.S. and is expected to become the most common in the coming weeks. As we prepare for Independence Day, I want to remind those who remain unvaccinated to protect themselves by wearing a mask and avoid crowds to prevent transmission and illness. According to the CDC director, the head of the World Health Organization's Europe office said a 10-week drop in COVID cases uh, in COVID-19 cases in the region has ended and warned a new wave could loom unless people remain disciplined and more people get vaccinated. The African Union Special Envoy, tasked with leading efforts to procure COVID-19 vaccines for the continent, is blasting Europe as Africa struggles amid a crushing third wave of infections. Not one dose, not one viral, not one vial has left a European factory for Africa. According to Strive Mawazi, uh, Several nations are imposing new COVID-19 restrictions. The Czech Republic is imposing measures to contain the spread of the Delta variant. Portugal and Malaysia are imposing curfews in some areas. And British Prime Minister Boris Johnson says unspecified extra precautions to contain the spread will be needed in the coming weeks. Hey, U.S., that's us coming. 52 Italian prison, uh, prison officers have been suspected or have been suspended for their alleged involvement in an assault on inmates who had protested the lack of face masks and virus tests during the peak of Italy's pandemic last year. About 77% of vaccinated adults said everyone in their household is vaccinated, while 75% of unvaccinated adults. Damn it, Smokey! Why'd you gotta? Why you gotta bump into the microphone? Well, 75% of unvaccinated adults said no one they live with is vaccinated, according to the Kaiser Family Foundation. Yay! Chuck Todd had a message for those very anti-vaxxers. I believe this was earlier today on MSNBC. Virus news just now from the CDC. Dr. Rochelle Walensky, she's briefing right now uh, as the country once again is moving in the wrong direction on this virus. Walensky says there has been a 10% increase in cases since last week. 10%. 25% of those increased in cases are the Delta variant. She called the Delta variant, quote, hyper-transmissible, and that its spread is being fueled by communities with low vaccination rates. Yep. Dr. Walensky says more than 1,000 counties have a vaccination rate lower than 30%. Folks, nearly 10 wow. people died in the month of June. They were needless deaths. Please get vaccinated. If you know someone who's not vaccinated, find a way to convince them to get vaccinated. Literally, the only people dying are the unvaccinated. And for those of you spreading misinformation, shame on you. Shame on you. People are needlessly dying because of your misinformation. Think about it. I don't know how some of you sleep at night who are doing this for a living on television. And we've got some breaking. Yep, 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 yep. Thank you, Chuck. Now, the most worrying story accompanying this. COVID perfect storm as more patients hit by fungal infections. It's coming to us from The Guardian. A rash of cases of a rare black fungus infection affecting thousands of critically ill COVID patients in India caused alarm last month. 
Now, scientists are warning that other dangerous or even deadly fungal infections have spawned in critically ill coronavirus patients globally, including the UK. Fungi are uh, ubiquitous in soil, water, air, feces, and human skin. Usually, people's elaborate adaptive immune systems are enough of a repellent, but when that shield is weakened by disease, congenital conditions, or age, they are far more vulnerable to microscopic assailants. Turn your shit into some fucking Resident Evil-style fucking bold monsters. When COVID-19 emerged, doctors found that the best tools in their arsenal to fight the virus were steroids, which happened to be immunosuppressants. Worry of a of secondary bacterial infections in intensive care units, doctors often gave coronavirus patients broad spectrum antibodies or antibiotics as a precaution. But the combination of lungs battered by COVID, impaired immune systems, and both good and bad bacteria wiped out by antibiotics left critically ill patients exposed to molds and spores. Oh. Shit creeps me out. I'm not a fan of, of medical. Alright, so moving on to the building collapse in Miami. Uh, Biden was with Governor Ron DeSantis earlier today. This is new footage just emerging. I believe this was the day before of a, a of a pipe burst in the uh, parking garage area. I thought it was So you see something leaking in the building. So that was from like the day before, 36 hours before, a couple of years before. Most of the Surfside condo board quit in 2019 amid sluggish response to repair plans. This is obviously... Five people resigned in 2019 from the condo board of the Florida building that collapsed early Thursday. Board President Annette Goldstein was among those that resigned from the seven-member board, partly due to the slow response to major structural concerns that had been detailed in an engineer consultant's report in 2018. Post obtained previously unpublished correspondence, board minutes from the condo, and other records from the Homeowners Association. The news outlet noted that several roadblocks that impeded the building's ability to quickly address the structural issues included a high turnover on the condo board and debate among board members about the scope and costs of the work needed to be done. We worked for months to go in one direction, and at the very last minute, objections are raised that should have been discussed and resolved right in the beginning, Goldstein said in her resignation letter in September of 2019. This pattern has repeated itself over and over. Ego battles, undermining the roles of fellow board members, circulation of gossip and mistruths, 
I am not presenting a very pretty picture of the functioning of our board and many before us, but it describes a board that works very hard but cannot, for the reasons above, accomplish the goals we set out to accomplish. Or other members of the condo board resigned in 2018. The Post could not determine from the documents why the other four members had resigned. Several members, including Goldstein, later rejoined the board, according to the Post. So now they have paused rescue mission because of exactly what I said last night. I was worried that the rest of the building would come down. Apparently they are facing storms and they are worried about exactly that and they have paused the rescue effort. But we have this chilling story. I don't know if we actually have the the audio or the video of this, but they heard a woman's voice inside the condo during the initial response and they weren't able to get her out in those first few hours after the champlain tower south collapsed rescue workers got reports of a woman alive trapped near the garage one first responder who was there asked not to be identified but tells local 10 that's what we're trying to do get this lady out and comfort her she was asking for help and she was pleading to be taken out of there we were continuously talking to her Honey, we got you. We're going to get to you. But this photo he shared shows what stood in their way, telling us he and others first on scene rushed in before anyone even knew if the building was safe, pausing only to send a quick text to his children. Love you guys. Always. He says, the first thing I remember is thumping on the wall, and then I remember her just talking. I'm here. Get me out. He says Cruz never abandoned that effort but he later learned the woman didn't make it. A feeling of not only defeat, but it's a, it's a feeling of loss. We are human after all. We're not robots, we're not machines. We feel it. Miami-Dade Lieutenant Obed Frometa with Florida Task Force One also serves as a chaplain, helping his colleagues cope with the losses they're facing here. Local 10 also learned of an email sent by a supervisor worried about the effects of this loss on his crews, saying they were involved with an active conversation with the female trapped next to the bed about 10 to 11 hours after the collapse. She was aware her parents were also trapped next to her. The email says a fire that broke out forced crews to move back, adding, as we know, she passed. Chiefs on scene reporting they saw the wind knocked out of our guys. We have team members that have Fuck. and friends that are potential victims in this. It weighs on them and it weighs on us. President Joe Biden. Wow. So, yeah, Biden did indeed pledge that the federal government would cover 100% of the cost. This is from the meeting with DeSantis. On his right, and you can see Miami Mayor. And I think there's more that we can do, including. Uh, Who's left? I think I have the power, and we'll know shortly, that uh, to be able to uh, pick up 100% of the costs for the county and the state over the first 30 days. Well, well, you know, I, I think I'm quite sure I can do that, and uh, um, and so we're going to do that. And there's going to be a lot. Uh, you all know it because a lot of you have been through it as well. There's going to be a lot of pain and, and anxiety and suffering and even the need for psychological help um, in, the, in the days and months that follow. Now, I want you to remember this when we listen to Kevin McCarthy say that all the Democrats and Biden do is play politics. 
We're going to hear from, from Minority Leader McCarthy here in just a little bit. You see Biden sitting next to quite possibly the 2024 GOP nominee. He praised him later in the day, too. And so we're not going anywhere. Um, Thank you. No, for real. But again, um, I just wanted to, you know, uh, start today if I could, but get as thorough briefing as you're able to give me. Tell me what you need. And and that goes for both the senators and the congresswoman and anyone in Florida just to pick up the phones and overall, for real. I'm not joking about it. I think the double will tell you anything you asked for we got. We have another group of teams coming from FEMA today. How, how many people will it be? By the end of the day, it should be about 500 on the ground. 500 on the ground. So, again, uh, this is your show. We just want to make sure that whatever you need. Actually, it's my show, Joe. And, uh, you know, uh, including, well, anyway, I won't be talking too much. Not, I want to hear from you guys. All right. Well, Mr. So there you go. Like, that's a real statesman going and actually, you know, doing something instead of throwing paper towels, holding federal funds hostage until they praise you. That's what we saw from the last administration. But now, while Biden was in Florida surveying the damage, Washington, D.C. saw its own collapse of a building. This is live, or this is footage taken earlier today. I'm sorry, not live footage. High winds and heavy rain are being attributed to the collapse of a suburban building in the northwest area of Washington, D.C. Four people were immediately rescued from the building, but one person remained trapped within the rubble. Rescue crews worked quickly to get the individual who they rescued nearly an hour after the incident occurred. Workers had to quickly remove large pieces of cinder blocks and cement in order to remove the man from the collapsed structure. That's the same video we watched a second ago. Other homes in the area have been evacuated as a safety precaution. All five workers were taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries, so... Luckily, no one was killed in this collapse, but I mean, if the Democrats do not capitalize on the, the cats are having a, having a fight over there. If the Democrats do not capitalize on this and the messaging with their infrastructure bill, they're complete fucking idiots. But I mean, yeah, <laughs> kind of are. And that's a bridge collapsed in, uh, collapsed in D.C. What, last week? Uh, the Memphis Bridge had to be shut down because of structural deficiency? Like, our nation is crumbling. The roads are buckling in Portland. But hey, here's uh, what the leader of the House Republicans has to say. Just six months of Biden administration, we have the highest gas prices in seven years. Inflation grew at the fastest rate rate since 2008. Crime. Last week. Wow, wow. 
Hmm. Inflation grew at the fastest rate since the last time we had a collapse of the economy. Since the last time we had a recession. Huh, I wonder why that is, McCarthy. 70 shootings in Chicago. Just watched the weeks before a man and woman pulled from their car in broad daylight and shot and killed on the streets of Chicago. Just a few weeks ago, we were... I mean, that you might have a point, Warlord. We are fat over here. Get knocked down by a man running who's being shot at. Continued to shoot at him as he laid on top of the children. We've watched crime continue to spike as the Democrats made that movement just a few years ago here about defunding of the police. Now we watch that the Democrats defunding the police is not enough for them. We watched what happened in appropriations just yesterday. The defunding of the border as well. Some from CBP and ICE. Even reducing it below than what the Biden administration wants. We watched the person in charge. I just, I'm, I'm quickly pulling up it, like the crime statistic he just cited. Let's look at that real fast. Uh, I don't I don't know how far this goes. Now he's citing a rise from last year to this year, you know, when everybody was locked down last year. But this is from 1990 to 2019. Oop. So he's saying crime is going up like it's it's going to be like right here on the dot. But it's way down from where it was just 30 fucking years ago. Time along the border, more at an airport, saying that they inherited a problem, but each month the problem has gotten worse. They set a new record, a 21 year record of the number of people coming across. Well, I think the American public wants more. They want to hold people accountable. They want a border that's secure. They want an economy that will grow. We do want to hold people accountable. We want to hold Trump accountable for his crimes. We want to hold you accountable for your sedition. We want to hold the GOP accountable for all their bullshit. Yes, McCarthy. Yes. They want inflation under control, and they want a gas price they can afford as well. Unfortunately, Howard Hamlin was way more charismatic. We watched the Middle East. I can see how you say that, but that that actor actually has a lot of personality. This motherfucker does not. To our greatest ally, the only democracy in the Middle East, and they could not even agree on that. But that. Wow. You want to go to you first? Yeah. All right, go right ahead. Let's guess. So, why should Liz Cheney lose her committee assignments for agreeing to serve on a select committee to investigate what happened on January sixth? Yep. Uh, I'm not making any threats about committee assignments, but as you know how Congress works, you get elected by your district. So now I didn't even know this. I didn't know they're talking about stripping of her of her committee assignments. Wow! They already stri- she was the number three in the House, the number three Republican in the House of Representatives. They stripped her of her leadership position, and now they're going to strip her of her committees. I would say, Liz, you know, are you going to join the, the Democratic Party? But, like, we don't fucking want you. you. You're shit. Conference. So when Jeff Van... I would assume she runs as an independent. ...left the party and became a Republican. He got his... left his, lost his committee assignments 
from the Speaker and got him from the Republican Conference. When Justin Amash left, he then went and got his committee assignments from the Speaker. I don't know in history where someone would go get their committee assignments from the Speaker and expect them to have them from the conference as well. You, you haven't even criticized some of your own members, like Andrew Clyde, who said that it was a normal tourist visit that day, yet she can lose her committee assignments for wanting to investigate what happened. Why Look, I, I, didn't, I did not say, let me be very clear, I'm not threatening anybody with committee assignments. What I'm saying is, it was shocking to me that if a person is a Republican, they get their committee assignments from the Republican conference. For somebody to accept committee assignments from Speaker Pelosi, that's unprecedented. Yes. Do you regret not supporting the bipartisan commission idea now? That- now, this is, Liz Cheney is on the House Select Committee to investigate January 6th. Pelosi asked her to be on it because they want it to be bipartisan. This motherfucker is trying to block the bipartisanship. It's insane. And then they turn around and it's like, see, the Democrats aren't bipartisan. You're going to have to deal with a committee that you have even less control over and an opportunity to influence and arguably would be more political. No, I, I regret the politics of Nancy Pelosi. For six months, she had played politics with this. So what has transpired in those six months? In those six months in the Senate, they had two committees bipartisanly investigate this and give a report. The FBI has arrested almost 500 people. Mm-hmm. The architect of the Capitol has been given $10 million. I believe today was the, they arrested a bunch more today. I believe today was the single highest number for arrests related to the Capitol insurrection. Pelosi continues to make this nothing about politics. That's why no one really takes this serious based upon the direction of what she wants to go. If you have read the Senate report, You'd be very concerned. You're concerned to what happened on... But, 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 but Liz Cheney, who was the third in leadership in the House, takes it seriously. On that day, but you're concerned what happened on the days before it that caused that day to happen. Why wasn't the National Guard here? There's a lot of questions why that determination was made. National Guard were doing street patrol, but not with on the Capitol. It's concerning to me why the speaker would not, would narrow the scope. Did something happen in the summer to make that decision not to bring the National Guard here? Why were the riot gears locked in a bus that people... Did something happen over the summer? Oh, shit. He's throwing shade at the uh, uh, Lafayette Square incident. Saying like, well, you saw what happened when we brought him in that time. You guys fucking lampooned us for it, so we just left them out of it this time. Get to all that preparation ahead of time. Why was the intel not provided and moved further? This this sounds like questions that a select committee would answer now, wouldn't it? Prior to the meeting, prior to the sixth, during the sixth, after the sixth. There's a lot of questions that raise, and you got a lot of questions, and Nancy Pelosi gave you equal representation on the bipartisan commission that you rejected, gave you everything you want, and you still, still didn't agree to it. So, Cheney was one of two Republicans to vote for the select committee. Representative Adam Kinzinger was the other one. 
Kinzinger was asked on Thursday, or no, on Thursday he dismissed a warning from House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy to his members not to accept a seat on the special House committee that will probe the January 6th insurrection. Kinzinger said, who gives a shit? When asked by reporters Thursday morning when he was questioned about McCarthy's reported threat to members of his caucus that they could be stripped of their committee assignments for accepting a spot on the body. Who gives a shit? Kinzinger said. I was hoping that was on video. It's, it doesn't seem to be. It looks like a reporter relayed a message. Kinzinger told reporters, per Anna Grayer CNN, when asked about McCarthy's threat. Who gives a shit? Well... I bet Trump gives a shit. Trump ranks among the worst presidents in history, according to a new survey. Apparently, uh, there are three others named worse. I'm, I haven't looked at the list yet. Yeah, it's honor. I am assuming the three below them would be like Warren Harding, uh, Andrew Jackson... Johnson, possibly Nixon. I, th- I, th- I think it's from those pool. I'm going to assume Harding and Jackson and then like the third, maybe Nixon. But let's find out. President Trump ranks among the worst presidents in history, according to a new C-SPAN survey. Oh, where's the rest of the story? Well, here, let's let's watch it, I guess. Has released its fourth. It's from Morning Joe. Past U.S. presidents, and the results are not good for President uh, Trump, former President Trump. In a survey of nearly 150 historians, former President Trump. Wow, I was I was wrong. Worst in history. Pierce, Johnson, and Buchanan rank only one-term President Franklin Pierce, the first president to be impeached. Andrew Johnson. Okay, that. James Buchanan, probably best known for not stopping southern states from seceding in the lead-up to the Civil War. The top ranking... I was completely wrong. ...consistent with Abraham Lincoln talking the, topping the list. Former President Barack Obama ranked 10th. Joining us now, one of the organizers of... The- what? I, how does Teddy Roosevelt keep getting up there? Why is Teddy Roosevelt's face on fucking Mount Rushmore? Mount Rushmore shouldn't fucking be there. It should be called uh, Six Grandfathers. But why the fuck would Teddy Roosevelt's fucking face be up there? That one still boggles my mind. Why is he ranked that high on that list? What the fuck? I'm down with his trust busting. I'm down with his conservation, but like, is that all? Like, what what else did he fucking do? Despite being ranked, what, fourth to last? Trump has said he has made a decision about 2024. He spoke with Sean Hannity, I guess this was last night. Would you mind giving Joe a cognitive test? Uh, 
Uh, President Sippy Cup, I don't know how well he's going to do, but I won't get you in trouble he with gave these comments. Him, we, uh, we aced it. I think I can say that I aced it. Did, did he get... Still, and he, Sean Hannity calls Joe Biden President Sippy Cup when fucking Trump drinks water like... The weirdest fuck... Such projection from these fucks. One, he didn't get one question wrong, did he? 30 out of 30. Yeah. Wow. Man, woman, person, camera. And they did get a little more difficult after you got by 15, I would say. But I, I heard the first three questions are, is it a giraffe or an elephant, right? Well, you know, that's what the fake news does. They take the first two or three questions yeah. and, they put that, and they put them in. By the way, Ronnie, would you mind giving Joe a cognitive test? Uh, <laughs> President- oh, wait, where's the... This wasn't even the clip about him saying, uh... Oh, okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. All right, as we continue Hannity on the ground in Texas tonight, we continue with the former president, Donald Trump. What a great crowd. We don't have a lot of time, but let's talk about your future plans. Now, I have a fun... Not high enough for this shit. Let me ask the crowd of everybody here, would you like to see the president run again in 2024? Bionic jaws. Has he had work done? I wasn't paying attention. I bet he has had a facelift. I wouldn't doubt it one bit. Warlord says it's sexy. It's all taut. You're not going to answer, but I have to ask. Where are you in the process of, or have, let me ask you this, without giving the answer what the answer is, have you made up your mind? Yes. I think you got it right. Yeah. Wow. Which is, I wonder if Sean Hannity asked about this, though, which was the big story today. Trump lawyer claims indictment was politically motivated. A lawyer for former President Trump on Thursday slammed the indictment against the Trump Organization and its chief financial officer as being politically motivated. This is a sad day for the Manhattan District Attorney's Office after years of investigation and the collection of millions of documents and devoting the resources of dozens of prosecutors and outside consultants. This is all they have? Hold on, by the way. Let me read the charges to you. Are they here? Got them in a different script. So the organization has been charged with scheme conspiracy, grand larceny, falsifying business records, and criminal tax fraud. That was more than I thought they were going to get hit with, but he's like, is that all? Alan Weisselberg faces charges including grand larceny in the second degree. I I felt like there was something else. Apparently that's all. Sorry. Has he had Jay Leno's jawbone implanted? (laughs) Oh, wow, that's hilarious. 
Prosecutors allege that Weisselberg received $1.7 million in income between 2005 and 2017, which he did not pay taxes on. I Apparently, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Now, this is according to Michael Cohen. So, let's have him tell us what he thinks is going to happen. I don't want people to think that this... Here, th- this is the whole segment down here. And so, Michael, I mean, because you've been in this very position in terms of being indicted and knowing the difference between an investigation and an... Well, as I've said, I don't think he ever sees the inside of a jail cell, even if he does get convicted of something. They're going to let him wait it out. He's going to die outside of prison. He's appeals, blah, 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 blah. He'll remain free on appeal and then appeal it for 10 years. I know, I know, it's a shame. It's a fucking shame. But, it, he's gonna, he's gonna be broke and destitute, I think. And I don't think he makes it to 2024. But let's hear what Michael Cohen has to say. He has, he has more insight than I do indictment what we've learned um, at least from what has leaked out in media reports is that alan weisselberg was not interested in cooperating up until now do you think that today- up until now oh yeah I mean- now, now that that was exactly what they were hoping that oh unless we actually charge him with something he's not going to see it as real it's just a threat he would be crazy not to because right now his life is on the line he's 74 years old he gets three years, five years, whatever it is. That's real time when you're in your golden years. He doesn't want to be away from his wife and his sons and his grandchildren. He wants to be with his family. He wants to go on down to Boynton Beach and enjoy his golden years of his life, not hanging out with a bunch of other inmates, whether it's uh, in an Otisville type scenario, of course that's federal, um, or wherever they're gonna send him. It's not a joke at this point in time. And here's the thing. Um, I think it was um, what, it was one of the members of your panel, I forget who it was, made a statement which is very true. What you have right now is Alan Weisselberg's head on the chopping block. And mm-hmm. do you think that Donald Trump will protect him? Well, if Alan looks back at what happened to me, the answer is an emphatic no. He's going to pay the legal bills up until he gets tired of paying the... I mean, I assume Weisselberg knows Trump incredibly well. And knows exactly what Cohen is talking about. Because we all know fucking Trump will turn on you in a heartbeat. Legal bills because it's too much money. Why am I paying for everybody's money? Why am I paying for everybody's bills? And then he's going to cut them off. It's no different than what he did to me. First thing, to Rudy. They hug you, they tell you everything's going to be fine. And then when things really get hot, that's when Donald runs. And the beauty of Donald doing that for him is he's going to say, well, that's why I paid my CFO. That's why I paid the accounting firm. I also want to just say to you, Alan Weisselberg is not the keystone. He is not the keystone to this investigation. Michael, I want to ask you about something that I think... Trump will throw him under the bus, that's for sure. In the indictment, there are some details about the tuition... Okay, that went for Alan Weisselberg's, I think, grandchildren. So there is a $359,000 check to Columbia Grammar School that Weisselberg's grandchildren went to 
that it looks like were, according to this indictment, signed by Donald Trump himself. Can you, Ooh, can you, do you have juicy. any information about that? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> what is the, what's the exact question? That oh yeah, Michael Cohen's a piece of shit. How many Fuck him. On all of these shows, do I have to say there is nothing that happened at the? But yeah, he's probably he's probably living a better life than what he did under Trump. You're right. Or the payment of Alan Weisselberg's grandchildren's tuition. Every single thing went on Donald's death signature. Oh shit! The deep state cut him off. Do you hear me? Can you hear me, Michael? Michael? Okay, hold, hold on. Okay, we're, we're going to get Michael back for in a second, but right now we want to bring in Ellie. Uh, Ellie, tell me. You think is now. With the district attorney out of respect for the investigation. All I can say is yes, uh, in the firm, there are a multitude of documents that are in the possession of prosecutors that tie Donald Trump to everything because every to everything Donald. I don't know how many more times I could possibly say the same thing you know agreed thing, whether it was the acquisition of paper clips light bulbs furniture mattresses you name it right Alan Weisselberg's kids payments rents everything would have a Donald signature on it or his initial and that included and there are other people at the a Donald signature who additionally received the same sort of perk benefits that Alan Weisselberg uh, that Alan Weisselberg did including like the chief um, operating officer Matthew Calamari you know there are so many people that received these type of benefits the question is hey, look how slimy he is he's snitching on people still He's like, yeah, get Calamari over here. How is it that it was done and booked by the Trump organization? Now, one of the things before I lost you in terms of sound that I was saying, what Donald will do since he doesn't have emails is he's going to... Fucking Sparkles is always wanting to get Calamari. And I'm like, the Calamari is never good. It's always chewy. It's always... And we got Calamari the other day and it was fucking chewy. Claim that this is everybody else's fault. That's part of the Donald strategy. That's his playbook. It's not me. The Donald strategy. It's not me. It's Alan Weisselberg. It's yes. not me. It's Matthew Calamari. But then he's going to say, it's not me. It's the accounting firm. So do you think that there's not going to be other people that are going to step up to the plate and provide all of the additional testimony that corroborates the documentary evidence that they already have? Well, I don't know, Michael, because here's what I would hope. Is it, though everything you've said rings true, in the past, for everything that has come up, whatever allegations there have been, somehow Donald Trump has skirted accountability. As you well know from your life, you went to prison, he didn't. And so why do you think this time is going to be any different? Well, you know the expression, right? The cat has nine lives. I think his nine lives have expired because the documentary evidence that are in, that's in the hands of the prosecutors is so significant and it's so spot on that there's no way anybody's getting out of it. And again, neither Alan Weisselberg or Calamari or anybody are the keystone here because the documents speak for themselves and there are more than enough people that are capable in testifying to what went on. Yeah, Myself Michael, included. I, Michael, I haven't, okay. I, I don't doubt what he's saying. I don't doubt that he is 100% correct in the uh, um, 
in his rundown of the evidence that they may have against him. What I am skeptical of is the state's ability to prosecute Trump. That I, there's no doubt in my mind that he's guilty of everything that he's been accused of and probably a hell of a lot more. Okay, I have another question for you. Because you've lived through this, what is Donald Trump saying to Alan Weisselberg right now? What, what message is he sending to him? And if they are still speaking, I mean, I know that you were still speaking to him and in contact until the point where you were... Willingness, yes. And then you would get messages through his lawyers. So what sorts of messages are coming into Alan Weisselberg now? Alan, congr- listen, I know what you're going through. This is terrible. It's part of the witch hunt. You know it. I know it. Stay the course. Stay strong. I have your back. You know, don't worry about the finances. We're going to take care of all of it. We're going to take care of your... What does he mean by witch hunt? That would imply that there's not something there, but he just spent... What, five, six minutes telling us it's all there? Attorneys, do not worry, right? This is all nonsense. It's all the politicization. Chuds, fucking chuds. The Trump Organization and me, they've been fighting for years. You know that. You you know what VP Harris was? A prosecutor. A chud. I promise you I have your back. Guess what? That sounds pretty persuasive. It sure does, but guess what? It's not true. Because nothing that Donald Trump says is true. And Alan will be the fall guy just as I was the fall guy. Oh, 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 she was... I'm sorry, I was confused. She was asking him what Trump was saying to him. And listening to these attorneys say, this has never happened, it's unprecedented, it's not true. I went to... Yeah, you fucking boomer. ...hush money payments. I went because of a campaign finance violation. So, if you really think that just because it's Alan Weisselberg and Donald Trump once again saying something that that's going to become the reality. He could say it all he wants. It's not the reality. Um, Michael, I'm just still reading through this. I forgot I had that labeled watch my stupid shit. (laughs) If you message me on Facebook, the message response you'll get back is hilarious, by the way. All right, I'm going to go ahead and hit the content warning on this one because it's probably going to be hard to deal with. The prosecutor in Honolulu has stated that the Honolulu police officer's use of deadly force was justified and no charges will be filed against them in a shooting that killed a black man because an investigation found that he entered a home uninvited and physically attacked the officer's the city's prosecuting attorney said Wednesday. Now, I'm going to read you all of these details. As I read these to you, to you, realize I'm going to play you the video of what actually happened here in a second. I haven't watched it, but apparently there's some discrepancies here. And by some discrepancies, I mean like the cops completely lied. The April 14th shooting death of Lindani Mieni, 29, has drawn international attention, including from civil rights activist Reverend Al Sharpton, at a time when police violence in other parts of the U.S. have prompted protest over racial injustice. Honolulu prosecuting attorney Steve Alm said his office's investigation refutes 
those who said the shooting uh, shows that despite Hawaii's uh, multicultural diversity, police are racist. In some communities, you do have the police are of one race generally, and the people they are policing are of another race, and we don't have that in Hawaii. Police officers live among us, he said. The Honolulu Police Department could be more diverse. We didn't find any evidence that race played a role in this case. Two days before the shooting, Mieni told his kickboxing kickboxing instructor that he was going through crazy African spiritual stuff. Mieni was a South African national who had recently moved to Honolulu. About 30 minutes before the shooting, Mieni interjected himself into a situation where police were investigating a vehicle break-in and had to be told to go away by both the victim and officers. Remember, this is the cop saying this. This is the cop side of the story. We do not. I don't think we have video of the of this incident with the cars. But then we we have the video of the uh, the the home situation here. And he then asked one of the officers for money to buy food and tried to get into the back of a police car. From there, he drove a short distance to a home where tourists who didn't know him were staying. He was wearing a feathered handband, and he followed them into the house. He told the woman, I have videos of you, claimed a cat uh, there was his, and made comments about hunting. His words and actions strike me as strange, even bizarre, Alm said. The frightened woman called 911. Um, then played officer body camera videos that showed Miani punching responding officers, leaving one with facial fractures and a concussion. Miani continued punching an officer even after he was shot once in the chest. We have those videos as well. A lawsuit by Miani's widow uh, said police were motivated by racial discrimination and that he likely mistook the house for a nearby Hare Krishna temple that is open to the public. Alm said his investigation found no evidence of those claims. So here we go. This is the ring doorbell footage from the house he supposedly walked up to. This is apparently most of the encounter. So, yep, multiple content warnings here on YouTube. So, oh, 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 Honolulu police reviewed the following security footage the night Lindani was killed. They went to court to block its release because of course they did. But we're seeing it because their petition was denied. This is a private residence. As I said, it was a nearby uh, Harry Krishna temple. I definitely could see how you would confuse this. So behind that bus, two cars have pulled up. Apparently, we'll see Lindani approach the door. 
He locked his car. Oh, okay. This is the couple. They're renting space here. This is Lindani. Takes off his shoes. Would seem to indicate that he thinks he's going into a temple. Apparently you are, Boomer. We can't make out what they're saying. Everybody seems calm. Hold on, let me let me go back. My a plug for my YouTube there was blocking the text. Less than forty seconds after he enters the home, Lindani exits. As he exits, he hears the female make a false claim of a break-in. All right, so now we're going to hear the 911 call. Police emergency. Hello, what's your address? Hello. What's your please, address? Please, please. Do you know who they are? He said he's Lyndon. He said South Africa. I, I don't know whether he knows our owner or not. Does he have any weapons? Wolf. No, he was not yelling. Does he seem no. confused? He did seem confused. Oh, wow, so he's apologizing. We never went past the like entryway there, the foyer. Nothing was missing or taken. This, this seems to be a misunderstanding. Yo, Rocky. So yeah, he just they're on the phone with nine one one. He just walks out of the house, leaves. He apologized profusely. Wow. Why? I mean, I understand that's startling, but like... He apologized and he left. So, yeah, this is... Uh, wow. 
They're on the way. Do you remember what the car looks like? Well, I mean, uh, apparently these are tourists. They were from out of town, and they're they're staying in a rental property. So, I mean, I understand, like you know, it's it's uh, a kind of weird being confronted by somebody you don't know. But the dude was never hostile to them. Apologized profusely. I'm 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 not seeing what the cops were describing. Well, he went. Okay, so now we've got body camera footage is, is coming in here. Where? Well, he's. Get she is freaking out. Get on the ground, no. It's okay, so like she is freaking the fuck out. I can. I'll give the cops a little leeway on this that, like, from the way she's acting, she had been fucking assaulted and nothing like that had happened. Yeah, he isn't trying to do a home invasion at all. The dude was confused. He does not know what's going on here. Get on the ground! Get on the ground! No! <laughs> Oh fuck. By the way, one more time. Yeah, I would I would assume that they are on the wealthy side if they're renting a property that looks like that in Honolulu. Yes, he he is married to a woman from Oahu. Uh, they had just moved back to Honolulu. He is uh, uh, African. Yeah, less than two minutes after he apologizes and leaves, he defends himself against three unidentified males. They shout at him, tase him, and shoot him four times. And props to him, wow, he did take one in the chest and looked at him and said, fuck you. Wow. So yeah, that incident, nothing Nothing like what the police described. So, fuck them. They should be charged. But we know how authoritarians are. They defend each other. He... Mad probs dude got shot and looked at them and said, Fuck you. And he said it with conviction. It wasn't like a, fuck you. It was, fuck you. The cops lie about everything. They lie when they don't even have a reason to. Now, I I will give them leeway based on the way that woman was acting. Yeah, fuck that lady. 
Because she went completely overboard. Based on the way that woman was acting, I would assume that, like, you know, if I was on the scene. But still, they had no right to do what they did to that man. Detain him for a second? Sure. Holy fuck, they need to be charged. Infectious care not. Indeed. And this, like, I feel like her husband or her boyfriend or the other man that's in the video, I feel like he's trying to be like, he apologized, walked away. But that woman is hysterical for no reason. Well, I mean, in terms of Floyd, everyone's pointed out, like, if you were to overdose on those drugs, the exact opposite would happen. He wouldn't be fighting, as they claimed, which he wasn't. The cop's gonna cop, and fascists are gonna protect fascists. Authoritarians love to look out for each other. And I think that's one of the reasons why Dan Crenshaw is so concerned about whistleblowers in the military. Now, this blows my fucking mind. He's concerned about whistleblowers. How'd he put it? Weakening the military. Before we listen to him talk, I would just like to remind everyone that I would give anything. I would give my left testicle to piss in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. That's one of my favorites. I love using that. Let's hear what Crenshaw has to say. All right. I told you about privilege locks and significant emotional events training. Two training methods our military is using to propagandize critical race theory to our service members. Now, for reference, the privilege walks occurred at Moody Air Force Base in Georgia, and the significant emotional vent training occurred Correct. at Air Force Base in Florida. It's important to call out these specific commands. Otherwise, we're not... But, I mean, that's one of the reasons why cops are able to get away with that propaganda. They get out in front of the, they get out in front of the actual facts and put out their narrative. Most people don't know how ODs fucking work. And these stupid-ass white people... Leading their shelter lives, don't fucking know. Nobody's going to OD nine minutes fucking later. That's stupid. These practices get changed. So today I'm going to tell you about a really disturbing report we received in my home state of Texas at Fort Bliss. According to this report, during an inclusion exercise, service members were required to create and wear personal identification badges. I'm sure you can tell where this is going. These personal identification badges, which again were mandatory as part of this exercise, listed a service member's race, ethnicity, social class, and other things meant to separate people based on their identity groups. I think this is outrageous. Privilege walks and significant emotional events separate service members based on their race or sex. But these personal identification badges actually require people to reduce themselves to a whole list of new characteristics that have nothing to do with their service or their training or the content of their character for that matter. Most soldiers do not believe that they are the sum of identity groups. And it's absurd that our military is instructing people to view themselves and others that way. In the SEAL teams, our bond is forged in large part by our common history, our ethos, 
in our trial by fire training. We never asked each other for our social class or other identity groups because that would be ridiculous. The only thing that should be on a soldier's uniform is their name, their rank, and most importantly, the American flag. Yes, we are. That wasn't even about whistleblowing. I don't even get this. Complain that the whistleblower's complaints about the diversity in the military is weakening units and must stop. So he's upset about whistleblowers talking about a lack of diversity in the military. I... God, he's stupid. That wasn't even as fun as what I was hoping it was. Or of what I was hoping it was going to be. Let's hope him attacking Gwen Berry is more fun. Apparently he was on Fox and Friends or Fox News, fucking one of those bullshit shows. Yeah, Fox and Friends, that's what he was on. He wants... Remember, anti-cancel culture, Dan Crenshaw, says cancel culture, one of the worst things facing this country. Guess what he thinks should happen to Gwen Berry? During the anthem, and she Mm -hmm. also put a black t-shirt over her face that said, uh, activist athlete. We don't need any more activist athletes. I, I, you know, she should be removed from the team. The entire point of the Olympic team is to represent the United States of America. That's the entire point. No, 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 no. The entire point is that the United States of America wants the best athletes in the world to represent them because they want to go have nationalistic pride, use it as propaganda, all that bullshit. The athlete, the athlete themselves are training for this moment. This is her. She won her way into this competition. She earned it. She earned it, Crenshaw. She's not there to appease you. She is there based on her talent. And the team stands by her. Okay, so, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing when these NBA players do it. Okay, fine, we'll just stop watching. But now the Olympic team, and it's, it's multiple cases of this. They, they, they should be removed. That, that should be the bare minimum requirement is that you, is that you believe in the country representing. But look... T- she turned her back on the flag during the... I think the bare minimum requirement is being the best in the fucking world at what you do. Or the top 10 or whatever, we, however many we take for whichever fucking team. I think being the best is the qualification. Not uh, bowing down to Dan Crenshaw's feelings. Jesus. <laughs> All right, this one is a good one. Apparently, there is video of it, so buckle in, guys. He does look like Solidus. 100%. Give him gray hair, he looks exactly like fucking Solidus. Exxon lobbyist caught on video talking about undermining Biden's climate push. Uh, looks like this came to us from the BBC. Recording devices. 
on K- Britain's Channel 4. I don't, I, that's part of BBC, isn't it? I don't... Uh, Warlord's in here. He should know that shit. K Street, Washington, D.C., home of America's most powerful lobbyists, Keith McCoy, a key representative of the biggest oil company in America, is waiting for the call. The timing's... Vital. Oh, it's not? Okay. My bad. America's greatest chance to combat the climate crisis is going through Congress right now. The video connection is set up. It's time to go to work. Hi, good to see you. How are you? Moments yeah, later, Mr. McCoy will become one of the first ever executives to claim that ExxonMobil has aggressively fought climate science using front organizations to maximize shareholder profit. Did we aggressively fight yeah. against um, uh, some of the science? Yeah. Uh, yes. Did we join some of these shadow groups uh, to work against uh, some of the early efforts? Yes, that's yeah. true. Uh, but there's nothing there's nothing illegal about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, we were looking out. There's nothing legal about it, though. We were just looking out for our bottom line, destroying the planet. It should be illegal, sir. For our investments, we mm. were looking out for... Uh, are in uh, uh, our shareholders. In response, Exxon said, we've supported climate science for decades and accused Green... No, they haven't. ...a multi-decade campaign against them and the industry. Accuses Greenpeace of waging a campaign against them! Wow! Keith McCoy thinks he's being headhunted for a new job. In fact, of course, he's being covertly filmed. Oh, shit. So tonight, a man boasting at a job interview or a never-seen-before look at how big oil tries to manipulate big power, or both? First, the targets. Congressmen are fish. Exxon is the fisherman. When you have an opportunity to talk to a member of Congress, you know the the the, the you know it's it's I, I I liken it to fishing, right? You, you you know you have bait, you throw that bait out. You know it's all these opportunities that that you use. That, and, and to use the fishing analogy again, just to kind of reel them in because they're a captive audience. They know. Of course, it'll work. Even though he's on video saying this. Pressed to do Exxon's bidding behind closed doors. You want to be able to go to the chief. Yeah. And so the chief knows you, that you can go to the chief and say, look, we, we've got this issue. Bribery is uh, illegal, by the way. So, so he keeps saying he did nothing illegal. We need him to make a floor statement. We need him to send a letter. Yeah. You name it. We've asked for everything. So who are the fish? I'm Joe Manchin. I approve this. Oh! Oh! It's the conservative Democrat Senator Joe Manchin. Who famously shot President of course. cap and trade climate bill. And I'll take dead aim at the cap and trade bill. Joe Manchin, I talk to his office every week. Um, he is the kingmaker, uh, and, and he's not shy about sort of staking his claim early yeah. and completely changing the debate. Yep, yep, Legal yep. Declarations show that Senator Manchin has received tens of thousands of dollars from ExxonMobil and its trade associations. Keith McCoy names 10 other senators as crucial to ExxonMobil. Senators Mark Kelly, Chris Coons, 
Shelley Moore Capito, Kirsten Cinema. John yep, Tess, that sounds right. Yep. Maggie Hassan, John yep. Barrasso, Steve yep. Danes, John Cornyn, and Marco Rubio. All bar Kelly and Hassan have taken money from Exxon, totaling $117,000. Yep. Gave all these senators a chance to respond. None did so. Exxon of course. Our lobbying efforts are fully compliant with all laws and are publicly disclosed on a quarterly basis. Nonetheless, a degree of secrecy appears to be key. The last thing Exxon seems to want is open accountability facing Congress in public. We don't want it to be us to have these conversations, especially yeah. in a hearing. Yeah. It's getting our associations to step in and have those conversations and answer those tough questions. But you're going to try to... Get an executive on camera. So he says they hide behind trade bodies to avoid public scrutiny on the Hill. Our CEO was invited. Ah, dude, it looks great. Yeah, I know you you get it out of here last night because you had your uh, your diet. The main thing that they're looking at is just to get Exxon Mobil in front of a congressional hearing. You were you were pulling a Rudy, right? You were melting in front. So they can rip us apart. Big oil, big power, big pressure. The route from the K Street lobbyist offices to Capitol Hill is very well trodden. From the street to the hill, we can now reveal the current ExxonMobil battleground and strategy. It's big, yes. It's bold, yes. And we can get it done. It's not big. It's not bold. We've seen what the proposal ended up. In the bipartisan agreement. And linked to the current climate crisis, President Biden fought to get Congress to pass his $2 trillion showpiece law, linking jobs and infrastructure to massive spending to combat climate change. On Capitol Hill, though, Exxon was also fighting to strip out spending on climate. And they did. Stick to roads and bridges. So that's a completely different problem. That's exactly what happened. And we know exactly. Manchin. Manchin's the reason. And instead of a $2 trillion bill, it's an $800 billion bill. If, if you lower that threshold, you stick to highways and bridges, then a lot of the, the negative stuff starts to come out. Why would you put in a uh, uh, something on uh, uh, emissions reductions on climate change uh, to oil refineries in a highway bill? So, and, and people say, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. So we need to nationalize them. That's, that's all there is. We should have nationalized them fucking in the 80s. Last week, Biden's behemoth bill evaporated. A new law may be a good, yep. but major green initiatives are gone. Coincidence or the big oil effect? Nothing illegal, just oiling the wheels of power. Exxon said... Not a coincidence. Not a coincidence the senators standing behind Biden. ...related to a tax burden that could disadvantage U.S. businesses. Plans capture CO2. Recent academic studies show what Keith McCoy alleges is the wider Exxon strategy. Say one thing in public, do another... Public, public transit is desperately, desperately needed. There was a story about... Uh, uh, what company was it? in Nashville was asking their workers not to commute. I think it might have been Amazon. Asking their workers not to commute by car. Leave their cars at home. And it's like, uh, uh, there, there's no public transit. 
what, what how are people going to get there what that makes no sense and the reason and the reason why our public transit sucks is Exxon fucking mobile a whole host of other companies as well but predominantly Exxon mobile the most profitable company in the history of the world unless Amazon has knocked them out in the last couple of years are in private for example it says publicly it supports a carbon tax Keith McCoy says privately that's just PR you know nobody is yep. to propose a tax on all Americans um, and, 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 and the cynical side of me says yeah we kind of know that um, but it gives us a talking point that we can say well what is Exxon Mobil for well we're for a carbon tax and why because they're confident it'll never happen in America no it's not because they're fighting it and the bottom line is it's going to take political courage political will in order to get something done and that doesn't exist in politics it just doesn't Exxon told us it doesn't because you guys have paid for it to not exist price on co2 emissions we're working on ways to provide energy while addressing the risks of climate change take electric cars it's all about doubt and delay yet there's a fantastic documentary from the early 2000s called who killed the electric car or when the oil companies and just having that conversation around why that's not possible in the next 10 years is critically important to the work that we do but science is screaming at us that i'm going to be careful how i say this there is a song by trevor moore on the youtube you should look it up the name of the song is called it's time for guillotines i agree with the sentiment of that song that we do not have 10 years delay doubt deflect the classic hallmarks of modern day climate crisis denial and mm-hmm. alleged involvement in that is thus revealed from the inside tonight straight from the horse's mouth the next 10 years are incredibly worrying to me holy shit like it's only going to get worse it's only going to get hold on i got a meme for you i got a meme for you I saved it in my phone. I don't have a meme for you. The meme was the sun from Mario 3 that chases you around. You can never get away from it. That's what the rest of our lives. The sun chasing us, trying to kill us. Cut off these companies from corporate welfare, but I mean, Exxon should be nationalized. Period. It's only purpose should be to work for us it should not be making anybody money i've never understood that i am from the coal fields i'm from pikeville fucking kentucky i have never understood how anyone was able to come in and say i own the coal that's in that mountain and my company has the rights to it and can pull it out of that mountain never understood that That coal should belong to everybody. That oil should belong to everybody. Now, I'm not a socialist. I say that all the fucking time. I I am aware it's a mixed economy that we live in. And pure socialism would be a, a, a disaster. Just like unfettered capitalism is a fucking disaster. But that's why you have a balance of things. And an industry like energy needs to be socialized it needs to be owned by our government 
I believe Sweden does exactly that and has fantastic results. Let's talk about tax policy. Breaking today, 130 countries agree to global minimum corporate tax rate. We're looking at extinction. You're you're exactly this 15% tax rate is too little too late. 130 countries across the world, including crucially China and India, have agreed on a 15% minimum corporate tax rate in a move designed to prevent what Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen called a self-defeating international tax competition. Corporations will have to pay uh will have will have to pay tax of at least 15% no matter where they operate in the world. The OECD framework agreed to on Thursday, but many years in the making, includes penalties for companies and jurisdictions attempting to bypass the, uh, the rule. Companies have become expert at concentrating their profits in jurisdictions with low or zero corporate tax rates. Switzerland, Ireland, and the Netherlands are all popular That tax dodge, which is entirely legal, will become much less attractive once this agreement comes into force. The minimum tax will apply to large multinational uh, companies. Any profitable firm with revenues over 20 billion will be included from the start. Oh, that's 20 billion euros, 24 billion US. With that number expected to decline to 10 billion euros, 12 billion US in that time. Oh, in time. The rules will be brought into domestic law in 2022 and will take effect in 2023. Companies will retain broad latitude in where they pay tax. They just won't have as much freedom as they currently do over whether they pay tax. We have to destroy multinational capitalism. I think capitalism on a small scale is great. We want to encourage uh, competition in certain, in certain sectors. Energy production is not one of those sectors. The finance industry is not one of those sectors. Just saying. Now, I believe, you know, local clothing stores engaged in competition and shit and fair competition is 100% good. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Multinational companies have to be busted. Industries that are vital to our survival need to be nationalized. I I want a form of capitalism where the little guy can compete. That means a form of capitalism which is highly regulated. Exactly, we have to remove the profit motive from industries where it will be a detriment to us, like energy production. Okay, here's 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 time for the fun shit. I've not watched this video yet. This this should be a blast. I can't believe I haven't seen more people talking about this. It happened a couple of days ago apparently. Parkland, Florida parents trick former NRA president into speaking at fake graduate fake graduation for school shooting victims. 
This is David Keene. He was president of the National Rifle Association. So the speech was recorded by the nonprofit group Change the Ref, founded by Manuel and Patricia Oliver after their son uh, Joaquin was killed at the high school in Parkland in February 2018. The sea of empty white chairs was meant to represent high school students who should have graduated this year but were killed in gun violence. David Keene was the two-time president of the National Rifle Association. He continues to be a staunch defender of your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Therefore, it is my privilege to introduce to you David Keene. Let me begin by telling you what an honor it is to be here to help celebrate your graduation. Picture for a minute the young James Madison, for whom this school is named. This year you focused on one of the most important of Madison's amendments, the Second Amendment. There are some who continue to fight to gut the Second Amendment. But I'd be willing to bet that many of you will be among those who stand up and prevent them from succeeding. Now I want to emergency. Defending it is a challenge and a duty that Americans like you. How did he not know something was up? Must accept as their own. Okay, is anybody injured? Yes, yes, a lot of blood. Please help, please. An overwhelming majority of you will go on to college, while others may decide their dream dictates a different route to success. School, school. <laughs> okay, do you know how many people are injured? So my advice to you is simple enough. Follow your dream and make it a reality. My son is in Stillman Douglas. My daughter just texted me from school. She's at Stillman Douglas. And never for a minute doubt that you can achieve that dream. Thank you. Fuck. So, former NRA president and current board member David Keene delivered the commencement speech to more than the 3,000 socially distanced chairs as part of what he thought was a rehearsal. Oh, that's how they got him up there. He thought it was the rehearsal. The speech was recorded by the nonprofit group Change the Ref. Keene advocated for gun rights and the Second Amendment in his speech. I wonder if they just invited him, if they told him that, you know, we're proud of the work you do for gun rights, or, like, if they gave him some indication that they wanted him to speak about guns. Author and gun rights activist John Lott also spoke at the fake graduation. The two men did not know the other was coming, and they spoke at different times. Keen and Lott were told it was a rehearsal in the stadium. During these separate speeches, Lott and Keene called for gun rights uh, protections and discussed James Madison. Oliver said that he wanted to send the message that the NRA and gun lobby aren't that powerful. It's a big lie. Wow. 
After filming, Keen and Lott were told the graduation was canceled because of a threat of violence. They had no idea it had all been fake until a reporter told them, according to the report. I think it was brilliant, said Fred Guttenberg, whose daughter Jamie was among the 17 people murdered at Stoneman Douglas. He said the one creative stroke exposed the hypocrisy of the gun lobby, telling kids who should have been graduating this year, like my daughter, telling my daughter in the grave she should have big dreams. NRA spokeswoman Amy Hunter said she did not have any comment. Change the Ref said this campaign is not about tricking a couple of NRA members. It's about showing how thousands of empty chairs during graduations have become a normal American tradition. I wanted to find out what their reaction was to being told that uh, they were pranked. I did not see that in there. Um, I can't remember. How did I, uh, how did I promote the animal video tonight? Oh, a, a, did I even promote the animal video? Somebody that did something horrible to a puppy is going to get their comeuppance. That's our animal video tonight. Speaking of animal videos, Megan McCain is leaving the view. That was wrong of me. That one was wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I'm not high enough for this shit. All right, take it away, Megan. Here to tell all of you, my wonderful co-hosts and the viewers at home, that this is going to be my last season here at The View. I will be here through the end of July to finish out the season with all of you, which I am grateful for. This was not an easy decision. It took a lot of thought and counsel. So one more month of Megan. My family and my close friends. And, you know, look, COVID. Morgan, it, like, has that been reported? Did they not renew her contract? I wouldn't think they would have fired her because she is the only reason anybody ever watches the show. Unless they can get another Republican to come on air and say the dumbest fucking shit and let Whoopi and Joy and all of them take shots at her. Then, like, the view is going to get canceled without Meghan McCain. It won't last a couple more years. Unless they find somebody that plays that role. I could definitely, I I think, is she aware of what her role, like she is there to be the, the whipping post for the other hosts. I'm, I'm pretty sure she's there to say the stupid shit. And the only reason The View is as popular as it is, is because Megan McCain says stupid shit. And then people like me, the Majority Report, TYT, play the fucking clips of it. Not that I'm on the level of Majority Report or TYT. I certainly am not. But YouTube shows play clips of Meghan McCain being stupid. And that's the only reason The View is popular. And it won't last without this character. She, somebody has got to play the heel on The View. And that's what Meghan has been doing. It has changed the world for all of us, and it changed the way, at least for me, the way... Whoopi's awesome. The way 
I'm living my life. But even even if the view gets canceled, Whoopi's fine. When I said goodbye to all of you in the studio uh, over a year and a half ago, I had just found out I was pregnant. Um, I left the city very quickly because my OBGYN wanted me to leave because he wasn't sure about how uh, COVID could possibly impact pregnant women. I came to the D.C. area, which is where my husband and I have always... Maybe you can get Ivanka or something, somebody like that. Possibly. Maybe Laura Trump. Laura Trump might be better because Ivanka kind of like is a little more timid, is a little more not as abrasive. Laura Trump would probably Eric's wife. You could get Laura Trump. Kaylee McEnany. That could be a that could be a good uh person to fill that role. Very good. Split time and it's where I grew up splitting time and we have this incredible life here. We're surrounded by my family, his family, by friends, by this incredible support unit. And I think as any new mom knows, uh, when I think about where I want Liberty to have her, uh, you know, first steps and her Liberty. Um, I just have this really wonderful life here that ultimately um, I felt like I didn't want to leave. On a professional note, this show is one of the hands-down greatest, most exhilarating, wonderful privileges of my entire life. And I have had so many amazing experiences in my life, and this is definitely one of the top. It is a privilege to work alongside such... Mary Trump? Uh, She's a a liberal. She's like a shit lib. She'd get along with uh, Whoopi and Joy and all of them. Strong, brilliant intelligent, incredible broadcasters like the four of you. You are the most talented women on all of television, hands down. And yeah, she's like, I want to say she's like an MSNBC contributor now or some shit. Show. Uh, I didn't want to join the show as I think I've talked about in the past and it was my dad who encouraged me to do it. He said that I could never give up an opportunity to work on such an iconic show and to work with Whoopi Goldberg and he was right. It was one of the last things he told me to do before he died and since we've been here the last four years together we have won an emmy we've gone to number you one. make it you make a good point tones Live, we were on the cover my personal favorite D- can you imagine magnini sitting there and taking the abuse from Whoopi and shit like she would have a absolute like pfft, head explosion moment the new york times magazine is the most important political show in america candace owens couldn't do it Every presidential candidate, this is the show in America. And it is not easy to leave, um, but I feel like this is just the right decision for me at this moment. And I just want to thank all of you, all of you, Whoopi, Joy, Sunny, Sarah. I also want to thank Abby Huntsman, who is was a good friend of mine, continues to be a good friend of mine, and has really helped me with this decision and ushered me through this process. And I also really want to thank our incredible leader, Brian Tetta, our executive producer, who is the heart and soul and Morpheus of this show, and I would not... You know, you know, if Liz Cheney doesn't continue in her role, she'll probably be the one that, that gets hired on for The View. If Liz Cheney doesn't run for office as an independent or receive some sort of uh, uh, position in the Biden administration or some shit, I'd say Liz Cheney would probably be a, a really good uh, pick. Also, the daughter of, of a famous Republican politician. Not have had any success on here without you. Your leadership is paramount. Yeah, she checks all the boxes for them. I am, and 
I want to thank Kim Godwin, the president of ABC, for being so respectful and understanding. And to this incredible crew and the producers and everybody who makes this work every day, again, you're the best in the business. I wish nothing but continued success and good wishes and good luck to all of you and to this show. And I'm just eternally grateful to have had this opportunity here. So seriously, thank you from the absolute bottom of my heart. And I will still be here another month. So if you guys want to fight a little bit more, we have four more weeks. Oh, absolutely. I look forward to it. I'm sure you're going to say plenty of stupid shit. Well, you know what? It it it, oh. it is it has been quite one Joy looks like overjoyed. Dad was very smart. He wanted you to be here with us because I think he thought we could help toughen you up for what was coming, which was so true. you know, this wonderful baby you're you were going to have uh and and his departure. So it it was an it was an honor uh when he said Please take my child. <laughs> he didn't say like he was toughing you up for his death and the birth of your child. That whoa, we'll be trying to we'll be trying to like compliment her and be like all lovey dovey there. It kind of came across as weird. But he said she's a pain in the ass. Please take my child. It's okay. Yes, he did say that. He did say that. Total pain in the ass. So it's really something. That's right. That's right. You remember that, Sonny? You were you sitting next to him. You said, "What? I'm sorry. What did you say?" Yes, he he also told me that he told me to take it easy on Megan. That I would learn to love her and understand her, and that she would be a pain. I don't think anybody could learn to love her. Things um, and yeah. uh, you know, Megan and I probably talk uh, every day. All the time after the show, we text during the show, um, and and I'll, I'll miss those conversations. I think you have a really maybe she's not as insufferable uh, when they're not on camera. Just been wonderful, wonderful. Also, Sunny, I hope yeah. I can share this, and it's not. Uh, too much information but he is dead now but my dad also backstage was like Sonny is just gorgeous that woman oh. is striking <laughs> and then they went on air and had this like connection we on air and I was like other. and I was like I don't know yeah. what if you, anyone rewatches it I think he had a crush on Sonny which is kind of uncomfortable but awesome too and if you watch it and then after it's very uncomfortable and very creepy and I was like okay well, fantastic you guys you were a pretty woman when you saw one. Good for you, though. For yeah. You know, it's, it's a full circle moment to know so much of your dad's words brought you here, and yet you're calling for your daughter. I don't know who she is. It takes you away. I think it's, it, it's beautiful. It speaks to the paradigm shift that is the world now on the heels of a 2020, and it's, it has been an honor to sit here with you. Um, I, I, I you mean, too, Sarah. you are a tough... <laughs> That's all I can say on daytime TV. My name's Sarah. That's all I know. You are the, the best part about working with you is that you see the light and beauty and positivity and everything, which is not a gift I have. And even in the most intense situations on this show, you can always bring levity and in life in general. And, you know, you're just you're just like this ball of light. And it's, you know, it's a pleasure to be around it. So thank, thank you. you. And Joy, I will miss you, too. Even if I will miss discussing with you. You know, I just, I wish nothing well, but the yeah. best for all uh-huh. of you. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, yeah. you and I have had our disagreements. We've had our <laughs> fights. We also had some drinking moments, which were rather fun yes. and interesting. But <laughs> I have to say. Interesting. <laughs> And you and I have in common, as do all of us here, that we're on a show where we stick our necks out. We take the yep. blow back. 
Uh, we take a lot of hits on this show, and we stick we by our points yep. of view. You have done that brilliantly for four years. Uh, I hope that you brilliantly, brilliantly. Really appreciated uh, the fact that you were a former. Joy, I like you an awful lot, but you and I must have different definitions of the word brilliant. For you, describe Meghan McCain's performance on the View as brilliantly defending her point of view. Jesus, formidable opponent in many ways, and that you spoke your mind, and you're no snowflake, Missy. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> thank you, and thank you, Joy, and really like. Yeah. It's just this show is incredible. But I will my final note to the world watching. This show will continue. The show will probably be on long before all of us are here. Like we're long gone. The media needs to do a better job of covering the women on this show in general. As Joy, nope, nope. I give it two years unless they find a good replacement for misogyny and sexism by the media. Though, if if five men were doing what we do every day, I really do believe that we would probably have a Pulitzer Prize at this point. And it's always reduced to you know really reductive coverage. And I implore the media to do better as they cover the rest of you going forward. No one wants to watch what five men do this, joy? Megan. Yeah. Then they've tried. No. Yeah, they've tried that <laughs> with five men watching talking. It. No one cares. Yeah, fair enough. Nobody, yeah, <laughs> and it and it is a. It is the one thing that we can say about this show. When you leave here, you can take on anything. So you true. Because you, everything. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing they've done has been Pulitzer worthy. So, so when true. you leave here, you're a better person, better woman, better mother, better friend. And so, so we got a month together. Let's make the most. So bye bye, Megan McCain. No more Megan on the View. All right, speaking of women, Jeff Bezos has been taking a lot of flack. So I am almost positive that this move is designed to get him some goodwill. Woman cut from astronaut program in 1960s over gender is going to be joining Bezos in space. Oh, we got a little picture of him. A woman who completed astronaut training in the 1960s but was ultimately prevented from flying because of her gender is finally getting her shot to go to space. Now, not technically space. They're going into, like, the last layer of the Earth's atmosphere. Whatever. I don't know anything about it. Not a sciencey person. They're basically just going up really high in a balloon and then falling back down. In a Thursday Instagram post, Amazon founder Jeff Bezos announced that female aerospace pioneer Wally Funk will be joining him aboard the new Shepard rocket. Because, yeah, a lot of us were hoping that the rocket was going to, you know, have some issues, and we wouldn't have any issues with Jeff Bezos moving forward. But now I I don't want her to, to have anything happen to her. No one has waited longer. Bezos wrote about Funk in an announcement. Oh, we got video of it. Cool, cool, cool. Four minutes. You come back down. We land gently on the desert surface. We open the hatch, and you step outside. What's the first thing you say? I will say, honey, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. (laughs) Oh, shit. I've been flying forever. I want to. I want to make it perfectly clear. Like, fuck Jeff Bezos. Fuck everything about Jeff Bezos. But like that fucking woman's expression when she's 
finds out what she's going to get to do. Like, bottle that and sell it. That's amazing. Love her. You're in zero gravity for four minutes. I've been flying. Sorry, I fucked it up there. And I have 19,600 flying hours. I have taught over 3,000 people to fly. Private, commercial, instrument, flight engineer, airline transport, gliding, everything that the FAA has, I've got the license for. And I can outrun you. <laughs> ah, she's so cool. Back in the 60s, I was in the Mercury 13 program. They asked me, do you want to be an astronaut? I said, yes. They told me that I had done better and completed the work faster than any of the guys. So I got a hold of NASA four times. I said, I want to become an astronaut, but nobody would take me. I didn't think that I would ever get to go up. Nothing has ever gotten in my way. Yeah, seriously, I'm loving this story. I said, guess what? Doesn't matter what you are. You can still do it if you want to do it. And I like to do things that nobody has ever done. We're going to fly you up into space on the very first flight. That's your... your... (laughs) I can't tell people that are watching how fabulous I feel to have been picked by New Origin to go on this trip. You're going to be an astronaut. Oh, finally! Oh, sweet. Oh, fuck. You're like, two weeks! Ha-ha! <laughs> I can hardly wait. You're in zero gravity for four minutes. So, so, fuck everything about Jeff Bezos. Fuck him. Fuck him. That's cool. I'm glad she is getting to do that. And, yes, exactly, like... That that melted my fucking heart, seeing her face when he told her that. Oh, a formerly undisclosed pass. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, it's a puff piece, yes. Well, I mean, we're at the end of the show. That's what that's. What I do puff pieces at the end of the show. We already did the hard news. Nobody gets harder for the news than me. You know who's not hard? These cops that got called about a uh, noise in a graveyard. Hold on, let me, can I, whoa, whoa, whoa. there we go, there we go. You guys are going to love this. These cops got called about a noise in a graveyard. Watch what happens. <laughs> oh. That's exactly, and that's why he did it. That is why he put her on there. He wants you to have mixed feelings if that rocket explodes. Because we were all happy about it a couple weeks ago. <laughs> like, please go up on your shitty ass rocket that hasn't been very successful. Yes, dude, do it. Anyway, back to these cops. For those of you uh, listening on the podcast, they are running like little babies. <laughs> it was just like a little tonk. 
It wasn't even <laughs> anything scary. All right, so finally tonight. I love to end on pet videos. This one I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the content warning for it. Um, I'm I'm always um skeptical about videos like this. I wonder if this was um staged. A lot of videos like this that go viral are staged. Um, if it's not staged, though, first of all, if it's staged and they hurt the fucking puppy, these people need to be dealt with. If it's not staged, mad props to the people in this video. Daily Dot, so... Always a little spammy. Come on, let me see your face, Papa. You bugging out, bro. And he got a choker chain on, bro. Hey, boy. Oh, my God. It is a beautiful puppy, too. Paddles, nigga. Get the... Oh. <laughs> like fucking dragon dogs, nigga. Walk that... Walk that stupid nigga, bro. That's what the fuck you doing, That's what you want to do. So according to the video, dude was abusing the dog. They took the choke chain off the dog and put it on the dude. So punch your fucking head off, nigga. You better not, nigga. Niggas want drag dogs. Drag, nigga. Take it, cause that's what you did. That's what you did. If if what is alleged to this motherfucker is true, he deserved every bit of this. Fuck that nigga, bro. <laughs> Yep. That's right, baby. I love that for you, baby. See that tail? That tail wag is a good. They take the dog from him. That's awesome. Love that for you, baby boy. We gonna get you straight. Get you a nice little bath and all that, baby. Yeah. What's his name? Brother. Brother. Prada, like the shoe. Yeah. They were. They were slinging him around. Come on, Prada. I watch watch you in, give give us like two weeks, bro. You gonna like a brand new baby? I promise you, baby. Oh, thanks, Prada. That's all right, boy. Hey. They got turkey bone for him, chicken bone. Fuck yeah. Mm, nice, fresh. <laughs> fresh, right? Oh, that dude is taking care of him. Love it. You digging it? Oh, oh, you want me to get the fuck back? Hey, you got it, Pop. You got it. Enjoy yours. Prada is in a good home now. I love this. Yeah, Prada. Enjoy it. Oh. It's unclear who owns the dog, though. Many viewers are speculating the man accused of animal abuse is also the dog's owner. The man who dragged him around via a leash... Also slaps his face and kicks him in the torso at various points in the video. The man attempts to fight back to no avail. And several bystanders can be heard shouting in support of the vigilante. This was posted in Public Freakout on Reddit. If you want to go try, it was posted four days ago if you guys want to go. Try to track it down and find out exactly what the story is on it. Looks like the puppy is doing well now, though, and that makes me incredibly happy.
I almost, I almost decided to send you guys over to Goat versus Fish just because I fucking love that channel. <laughs> I bob in there sometimes just willy-nilly on my own and Goat versus Fish. You want me to raid the surfs? Oh, I had Ravana queued up. I didn't even know the surfs were on. They are on. Hold on. Yeah, I'll give you the surfs. I actually applied for their, um, I applied for their thing where they'll give you a shout out, but I forgot, I sent my YouTube trailer to them, and, uh, I forgot my YouTube trailer has copyrighted music in it, so they're probably not gonna play it. I'll have to make something for them. Uh, if you're watching on Twitch, I'm gonna send you over to the Surf's charity stream. If you're not watching on Twitch, We'll see you tomorrow night. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freakin'. We will see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol Live.